All right, uh, we're going to be over in the book of Psalms this morning, so you can turn over to Psalms, and I'll tell you which one in a little bit. We're going to be at, at several different Psalms, so that's why I'm not pointing you to one specific. Um, we're going to finish here with looking at different aspects of biblical counseling, and we've been dealing with the, the different parts of a human being, um, and we looked at... Uh, let's see, what did we look at first? We looked at the will, and then we looked at the mind last week, and so this morning we're going to look at the emotions, and uh, dealing with these, these parts of a human being, and how a human being works internally, and because when we understand that, it'll help us in understanding how to make changes in our lives, and deal with issues like that. And so... Much of biblical counseling is devoted to dealing with emotions. And um, someone asked, well, what do you do when you feel like sinning? What do you do when you feel overwhelmed? You know, what do you do with those emotions? And so learning to deal with those wrong emotions, because there's right emotions too, there are good ones, and then there are some that would lead you to wrong. So learning how to deal with wrong emotions is a major part of practical sanctification or our growth in Christ. It's a big part of it. So, the question is, does the Bible address emotions? And the answer is, there's a whole book in the Bible that's devoted to emotions. It's the book of Psalms. And um, when you look at the book of Psalms, it is a book that is, um, basically, there, it's, it's the Hebrew hymn book. Basically, is what it, what it is. And if you had lived in the Old Testament times, and you were going to the temple, and you're going there for Passover or one of the holy days, you would be singing psalms. In fact, there's a whole group of psalms after Psalm 119 that are called songs of degrees or songs of ascents, the idea. And it's the idea of when the pilgrims, people who are making their pilgrimage to Jerusalem for the different feast days, as they're traveling there, you'd be going uphill because Jerusalem was up in the hills, and so you'd be walking and going from ascending up to Jerusalem. And those were psalms that the pilgrims would sing on the way. And one of those is, I lift up mine eyes into the hills. You know, and so you can see where those are very appropriate for that. And so these are the songs that the people, the Old Testament people would sing. Unfortunately, we don't have the tunes today, because um, the tunes weren't inspired, though the words were. And I think the reason why God did that is because, you know, every culture has their own tunes. And every language group has their own tunes. And sometimes the scales are even different. So um, that changes. But the words don't. And with the Psalms, what you have is you have, you have um, truth that is given to us in poetry. And with poetry... You, the writer is trying to not only stir the, the mind, but to stir the emotions. And to, to kind of reach the mind through the emotions. Um, truth is presented, but it's done in such a way as to stir up your emotions. And so that's what we have in the book of Psalms. And so much of the book of Psalms is David, who wrote many of the Psalms, writing about the things that he feels. And you see that through many of the Psalms. So... Before we look at some of those in, in particular, let's try to understand what emotions even are. 
Okay? That's a hard thing to define. What are emotions? It's kind of hard. I mean, there's an easy way of defining it. It's what you feel. Okay, that's an easy definition. But to take it a little further than that is it's kind of hard. And it gets really philosophical. Um, Webster's definition, part of it anyway, is this, that emotions are complex reactions with both psychical and physical manifestations. Okay, let me break that down for you. Um, complex reactions, or emotions are reactions in um, the body and in the soul, um, which cause us to feel something. So, in his definition, they said they're complex reactions, and they can be very complex, with both psychical, okay, it's a word we don't use very often, but, oops, Psych, psychical, make sure I spelled that right, I think I did, yeah, and physical manifestations. Yeah, psychical would be like psyche, okay, um, so your soul, that's the idea. So psychical and physical, so body would be physical, soul would be psychical. Okay. So the idea that the emotions affect both the body and soul. And um, one of the things that I, I see in this definition too that I think he's right on with is that they're reactions. Um, one preacher, writer from the last century in England, Martin Lloyd-Jones, was, also, was actually a medical doctor before he became a pastor. And so some of the, his perspective on things is very interesting because of that. But um, he wrote about um, spiritual depression and things of that nature. And uh, he said this, he said, feelings are always the result of something else. They react to something. And so feelings are, are that way, that's what emotions do. They're always reactions to something. They're, they're an effect, not a cause. Okay. So they're both physical and psychical, or body and soul. By this we mean that emotions are more than just a chemical reaction. Okay, um, Freudian psychology would, would want to make them just a chemical reaction. Just different processes, biological processes going on in our body. That's what makes us feel. They're more than that. Yes? Are they based on a, a building and a formation of your personal experiences with things, too? Well, that goes along with it. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're reacting to the experiences that you have right. as well. It's like a library. You build upon it. You see other things do happen in front of you, or you do, um, uh, you know, um, it builds in you from what happens to you. And also, and now this is my personal belief, um, I believe that some of these feelings are handed down silently from generation to generation, like the sadness of wars or, you know, coming from another country and, and you know, losing your parents and never seeing them again. I, I just think that the sadness of them are handed down through generations. Well, I think it's, it's, we are affected by what happens to us, but some of that I think will come out as we continue on. Because two people can go through the same experience. And have different emotions. Yes. 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 So... So, th there, 
they're not only physical. Right. Okay. If we if we think that they're only a chemical reaction, we're wrong. Right. They're also not only psychical, only in the soul. Okay. Somehow it's connected to the body. And so in a very weird way that um, I don't know how it all works, but we as human beings, our souls are connected to our body somehow, which makes our experience very strange in this world. You know, that somehow our soul is connected to the body. Somehow, um, not, not that the soul can't live without the body. It can. That's what happens when a person dies. But um, if a person, let's say, is in a coma and their mind's not working, we say they're unconscious. So what's going on with their soul? Well, it still exists. It's still there. But it's because the soul is somehow attached to that body, it's, it's not operating in the same way. It, it's, like I said, it's a strange thing. And um, so because of this, the feelings or the emotions are attached to both. They both go together. Um, give you some, well, let's, let's keep going here. Um, say it this way. There are physical reactions with emotions that can be measured. Scientifically, right? They can hook you up to all kinds of wires and they see brain movement going on and stuff like that when you feel a certain way because the body's involved. The physical is involved. And yet there are feelings of the soul that can't be measured. And so you have both things going on. Now, what do the emotions react to? So let's try to answer that. If you have both of these things, they would react to both outward and inward things. So if it's reacting to something outward, you know, start, you ever wake up in the morning and the rain's coming down, you have a rainy day and it makes you feel a certain way. Right? I mean, sometimes that'll affect some people's emotions a lot. You know, some people get very depressed when it's a rainy day. I happen to love rain. I, I like it. It doesn't make me depressed. It makes me happy. Uh, but I get depressed if it's too sunny all the time. Yeah? When we're talking about soul in this context, you know, we're, one part of it and God breathed into him and he became a living soul. Right. So soul in that context means life. But in the other context, uh, body, soul, and spirit, it's the heart and the spirit is the soul. So is this the soul, meaning the combination of the mind and the spirit? Yeah. Usually when I, when, usually when I think of soul, when I use the word, at least this morning, <laughs> um, I'm thinking of the spiritual side of us. Right. You know, the, non, the non-material side of us. Yeah. In more of a general sense. Right. Yeah, I mean, the, the heart would be part of that, yeah. all part of that. So, um, so you can have outward stimuli that affects your emotions, outward things that are happening to you, um, experiences you go through, things that, you know, you, you, can, you can be, you can smell something, and it will remind you of something that happened years ago and make you feel a certain way. Uh, you can hear music. And it affects the way that you feel. It affects your emotions. And so that would be outward things. Inward things would be things like, as we've been talking about the last couple lessons, your mind, thoughts that you have, 
can make you feel a certain way. And then the mind affects the, we say, we said the desires. A better word in this case, because usually when we, we use the word desire, we think feeling is involved in that. And so maybe a better word would be inclinations. Okay, or things that we're moved to do. And then that affects the will. We talked about that. And so all these things that are going on inside, will if the emotions will react to. I was trying to figure out where do I put, where do I put emotions on this? And emotions would be down here somewhere. And it's reacting to all of these things. Okay, so uh, let me give you an example. Okay, young man sees a young lady, and he wants to get to know her better. And he finally decides. He he thinks first of all, maybe I should ask her out. Okay, in his mind he has that thought, and an emotion reacts to that, doesn't it? What emotion usually reacts to that? What emotions would he have? Unregenerate, probably lust. Yeah, yeah, right, right. Yeah, if you want to talk about a bad reaction, it'd be lust. Um, it may, it may, just, he just may, you know. We used to say his heart is fluttering. Okay, we'll call it. We'll say fluttering for they now. Might admire her, um, what she does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, and then he has the inclination. First of all, the thought comes in his mind. Oh, that would be interesting. Then he has the inclination. That's something I want to do. And then he finally decides, I'm going to do it. And in each case, the emotions are reacting to it. And by the time he gets to this point, you have the emotion of nervousness and anxiety. Right? So what if she says no? Right? So you have all these, the emotions are reacting to all these things. So that's what I mean by, by inward things, that or inward stimuli that the emotions are reacting to. And so you have both things that emotions react to. So, um, as we think about emotions in this way, I think it's a biblical way of thinking. We'll look at the Psalms and we'll see um, from this that this way of looking at emotions, I think, fits well with the Psalms. Now, as we do that, let's talk about what emotions were meant to be. Okay. Here's an interesting thought. When God created us, created Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, Perfect. He created them with emotions. So what were emotions like in the Garden of Eden when things were perfect? That, that's, that's the answer to what they were meant to be, what God intended for emotions to be in the beginning. So um, go over to the last psalm, Psalm 150, and I think this is a good description of what emotions were meant to be. Okay, right in Psalm 150. And there are a lot of different psalms we could have looked at for this, but this is one of those that I think fits well. He says, Praise ye the Lord. Praise God in his sanctuary. Praise him in the firmament of his power. Praise him for his mighty acts. Praise him according to his excellent greatness. Praise him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise him with the psaltery and harp. Praise him with the timbrel and dance. Praise him with stringed instruments and organs. 
Praise him upon the loud cymbals. Praise him upon the high-sounding cymbals. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Praise you the Lord. Okay. So here we have in Psalm 150, what emotions are going on there? What kind of things is, is, is David feeling as he writes that? Yeah. Praise. He, he loves God. He's joyful. Right. He's grateful. I mean, we could make a long list of the different things that he feels as he's writing that. Okay? Is there anything wrong with those emotions? Not at all. Those are right. Because those emotions will stir up good things in David's heart. And it, they direct him to God. And this, is, I think, is how emotions were meant to be. That's what God made them for. Um, and if you think about it, actually, God has emotions. Or the Bible describes God with certain emotions. And so we're just an image of that. Okay, and so um, with God then, that's how emotions are supposed to be. And so think back now to the Garden of Eden. And um, what were Adam and Eve's emotions like in the Garden? Well, and why did God give them emotions? Okay. If, if you, let's say, I, I knew a girl one time in high school who didn't have any sense of smell. She couldn't smell anything. And, you know, it, it was, it, that was always a constant thing we would always forget. And we'd say, oh, man, do you smell that? She's like, I can't smell. And so, you know, every, every so often, we would say something and she'd say, I can't smell. You know, and she didn't have any sense of smell. Imagine if you didn't have any sense of taste. Okay? Could you still eat food? Yeah, and you still would because you'd still feel hungry. But how enjoyable would it be? Not so much. I mean, it would, it would fill that need, that feeling in your stomach, your stomach grumbling. Right? It, it would help that. But it wouldn't be that enjoyable. I mean, you could eat anything you wanted, right? Because you wouldn't, it, it would all taste the same to you, or it wouldn't taste like anything. Um, but when you have the sense of taste, it makes the food much more enjoyable. Makes it much fuller experience. And so with Adam and Eve in the garden, if, if God had made them with no emotions whatsoever, you know, they could still get through life, but the experience would not be as full. And so God made them with the emotions so that they could have the fullest experience possible of enjoying God and what he created in the garden. Yes? It, I think in the London Confession, the first question is, what is the duty of man? And that is to delight thyself in thy God and in the counsel of his will. And if we take that back to the garden, yeah. it was to be a delight for Adam and yes. Eve. To obey that one command that he said, you know, yes. not to do that. Yes. They were they were made to delight in God and to enjoy Him, and that was that's what God wanted from them, and what He wants from us too, by the way. Okay, sin gets involved in that and it makes it ugly, but that's what He wants from us, and so the feelings or the emotions were meant to enrich that experience with God. So. Adam and Eve, um, I, I, there's the verse back in Genesis where it talks about uh, God coming down to walk with them in the cool of the day. And that verse always gives me chills up and down my spine because I just think of, wow. I, I think of the, you know, 
Um, remember I always said I, I always like rainy days because it's cool. I don't like the heat, I like the cool. That's why I love Santa Monica, right? Except the last couple of weeks. But, <laughs> but um, um, we picked a great time to go back to Maine. Yeah, well, it's hot here. But um, that, that idea, there's that sense of the cool of the day, you know, when it's, it's evening time. I, it just draws me back. I remember as a kid in the summer evenings where it just cooled off and there was something about it and walking with God. And so God would come down in, I, I, I believe he came down in, like in the Old Testament, it, we call it a theophany or the angel of the Lord. And in, in some form, he would come down, a glorious form, and would walk with them. And as he does, you know, that would stir up different emotions in them. In the cool of the day, they would be grateful for all that God had made. They would be enjoying him. They would be full of joy. All these different emotions, it would stir up. And, that, and there, it was supposed to. And that would make that experience that much fuller. And that's how it was supposed to be. And so, when you think of that, emotions are not something that are inherently evil, are they? They can be good or bad. Um, and that's something that we as Baptists ought to remember. <laughs> because sometimes, sometimes we can go to the extreme that we don't want to have any emotions at all. You know, all, everything needs to affect only the mind. And it's not about feelings, it's only about what we think. And doctrine, which is right, doctrine's right, but doctrine ought to make you feel something. If it doesn't make you feel something, you're probably not getting the doctrine. Okay, so both things ought to go together. God created us that way. So, where did emotions go wrong? Okay, well, obviously the fall of man, right? When Adam and Eve sinned. But let's see if we can try to figure out what happened to those emotions when Adam and Eve sinned. Uh, remember we said that emotions are reactions to different things within us, the mind, our inclinations, our will, and it's reacting to that. So Adam and Eve sin, and as soon as they sin, now they, they have a depraved heart. Okay? Now they want their own way instead of God's, which is the essence of what sin is. Now I want my own way, I want to do my own thing. Even though I'm living in God's universe, in his world that he made for me, and even though he made me, I want it to be my universe, and I only want to do what I want. And so, in Adam's mind, he begins to think that way. In his desires or inclinations, he begins to desire only things that he wants. And then in his will, he begins to choose only things that he wants. And his emotions are reacting to all of those. Okay. So now, his emotions are kind of leading him away from God, instead of to enjoying God and all that God has created. And um, for the first time, Adam feels bitterness towards his wife. Okay? The Bible says that. Uh, when God comes to Adam and says, Adam, what's happened? Adam says, it's this woman that you gave me. Why does he say that? Well, there's a bitterness in his heart towards his wife. And she has as much bitterness towards him. <laughs> okay? And uh, because when he says that, how do you think Eve felt? What's he doing blaming me for this? It wasn't my fault anyway. It was the snake's fault. Right? And, and so all these feelings now are 
are going through them. They never felt that before. They never felt those things at all. And now all of a sudden, they're, they're consumed with these feelings, feelings of guilt, go along with it too, and all this stuff. And that's all swirling around in them, and they don't know what to do with those feelings. So, fear. fear. Fear would have been involved too. That's why Adam was hiding from God. Whereas before, he never yeah, did. He never would have thought of hiding from God before. They were naked, yeah. yeah. And all those things go together. So, when the mind and the inclination and the will go bad, the emotions go bad along with it because they react to it. So, another thing too, that I think that we see since the fall of man with emotions, is that we've said that emotions react to things. I think our emotions now overreact to things. Okay, if we can say that. Um, instead of just reacting, they now tend to overreact. And let me give you some examples of that. Go back to Psalm 43, if you would. Psalm 43. And emotions overreact uh, when, you, when you feel something that goes contrary to what you know is true. And, okay, remember we said we, in, in our minds, our emotions are supposed to react to what we think. But there are times now in our lives here where we know something to be true, and yet our emotions go contrary to that. I say, what's going on there? And this is a case. Um, Psalm 43, verse 1, he says, Judge me, O God, and plead my cause against an ungodly nation. O deliver me from the deceitful and unjust man. Tell some of the things David's going through. Um, he has enemies. Um, he has enemies that are deceitful and unjust toward him. Verse 2, For thou art the God of my strength. Why dost thou cast me off? Why go I mourning because of the oppression of the enemy? Uh, because he's being oppressed by his enemies. He feels like God has now cast him off. This is how he feels. Okay, he's describing the way that he feels, his emotions. Oh, send out thy light and thy truth. Let them lead me. Let them bring me unto thy holy hill and to thy tabernacles. Then will I go to the altar of God, unto the God of my exceeding joy. Yea, upon the harp will I praise thee, O God, my God. Why art thou cast down, O my soul? Why art thou disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise him who is the health of my countenance and my God. Here's what David is saying. David is first describes to God how he feels. And he feels like he's been cast off by God because of his enemies. And yet, by the end of it, we see that David is thinking differently than that. He's, he's looking at his soul and he's saying, why am I feeling this way? He's actually talking to his soul. And he says, soul, why are you cast down? Why are you disquieted? Why are you feeling like this? You shouldn't be feeling like this because I know better. I know that who God is, and I know that I will yet praise him. I know that this is just something that's going through my life right now. It's not God's eternal plan for me. And I know that um, God is the health of my countenance, and he's my God. He's not my enemy. But why am I feeling that way? 
See, so that's a case where, where David is feeling something that goes contrary to what he knows is true. And this, this will happen all the time with us. Yes? But if David's not feeling that in the front part of his mind with his intellect or understanding. Right, no. He's feeling it back there where the value system or the heart, the conscience of yep. the mind is being. And isn't that where all the problems really exist? It's coming from the fallen, from the fallen heart, the broken heart, the corrupt yep. heart that influences the understanding and all of that stuff going in front. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, it's, it's yeah, I, I don't, I don't know details enough where in the brain that works. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's you're expressing something similar there. It's this this fallen part of us, and of course, David's a redeemed man. Yeah. So what we'd say is flesh, or the fleshly part of him is reacting to what he knows to be true. Yeah. I mean, we we can we can give a person all the biblical truth, and if they just filter it through their understanding. But unless God grants unto them repentance into the heart, where all that understanding opens up, they'll just remain the same. Yeah, they may even assent and shake their head and hear you right and everything. There's got to be that opening of the understanding. Yeah. Yes? I think your intellect can be just as deceived as any other part. I think when some people make errors, it's because you have in your heart and something in your intellect, but it's not a part of us that isn't susceptible. Right. Yeah, no, it's, it's true. I mean, that when Adam fell, his understanding or his intellect was also darkened, the scripture says. And so God has got to open that up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and as soon as it happens, your heart's mm-hmm. You know it. Yeah. Let, let me give you an example. Um, this is just a practical, everyday example. Um, there are certain times where I have to come over here at night and get something, and I walk into the church building, and it's completely dark. I mean, it's pitch black. And in my head, I know, so what? Okay. But I get this feeling over me like someone's behind me <laughs> and is ready to, like, to pounce on me. You know, and I turn around, and there's nobody there. Right? My mind knows better, but my emotions are reacting. I'm feeling something that I know is not true. For whatever reason, and so I, in that case, I would say the emotions are overreacting, and so we see that happen. Let me show you another example um, in Psalm one nineteen, verse twenty-five, and this is when you feel something that you don't want to feel. Psalm one nineteen, verse twenty-five. He says, My soul cleaveth unto the dust. Quicken thou me according to thy word. And uh, David is expressing something here. He says, My soul cleaves to the dust. What does that mean? Well, that means that he feels his soul or inside of him wanting to cleave to earthly things and desire things that are fleshly and earthly and so he says to the Lord, he cries out to God, quicken me, <laughs> give me life, revive my heart. Because I don't want to feel this way. But I do, even though I don't want to feel this way. And so his fleshly inclination may have been to the dust, 
But in his heart, he's been, you know, his heart has been renewed. He's a redeemed man. And yet, there's still these fleshly feelings that are there that he doesn't want to feel. He says that here. He's crying to God that he wouldn't feel that way. And yet, he still does feel that way. And um, there are all kinds of times in our lives where we feel things we don't really want to feel. Um, Stress. You know, dealing with stress. You know, people that are, are stressed about things. And you don't want to feel that way, but you just do. And so you have to try to deal with that. Then another case would be Psalm 55, verses 4 through 6. Psalm 55, verses 4 through 6. And this is when you cannot seem to control your feelings. When it seems like your feelings are out of control. So Psalm 55, starting at verse 4. And again, another time where David is being oppressed by his enemies. Describes how he feels. My heart is sore pained within me, and the terrors of death are fallen upon me. Fearfulness and trembling are come upon me, and horror hath overwhelmed me. And I said, Oh, that I had wings like a dove, for then would I fly away and be at rest. And so he's describing here this, the, the, this he's overwhelmed with fear. David was a brave man, don't get me wrong. Okay? He's the one that went up against Goliath with a sling, when nobody else dared to. And yet, at this point, he's describing his fearfulness. His fearfulness, well, the terrors of death are falling upon me. He's afraid of dying. Fearfulness and trembling are come upon him. Horror hath overwhelmed me. He is just overwhelmed by these uncontrollable feelings of fear. And he says, if only I had wings like a dove, I'd fly away from it all. And be at rest. If only I could get, get rid of all this, it would be great. And so in this case, his emotions are overreacting again. And if he would stop and think about it, in his mind, he would say, I have no reason to fear. If I die, I'm going to go to glory. He would say, my, my God is bigger than my enemies. And he could reason that way in his mind, and yet his feelings are just seem like they're out of control. And... I think that is part of our fallen condition that we're in as human beings and how the emotions work in our fallen bodies. There are, there are times where they seem like they're just out of control. And these are all things that we have to deal with. Yes? Um, it's happened to me many years ago when I was not a big Christian. But it, when I was 24, Jimmy Carter came on TV and was mentioned that he was considering... Um, having females from 18 to 24 register for the draft. And I heard it once, and that was it. I was completely lost. I was in complete fear, and I mean, I was just, I didn't know what to do with myself. I tried to call everybody I knew, because um, in my mind, not only was I already drafted I w- and um, put in on the side of the enemy, and we weren't even at a war. And, um, you know, I caught, and my sister was in the Air Force, and, and I kept calling everybody I knew and said, at, at work, I would walk back and forth, and the, I'd fall down. I mean, I was just totally obsessive. And finally, I called my sister, who was in the Air Force, and she's very stoic. 
And I told her my problem, and, and you know, because people were speechless. They don't know what to say. Like, is she nuts? And she said, Lori, when they talk to you, they won't let you in. You know, and, and, and um, you know, because in my case, but that brought me back. Yeah. You know. No, that, that's a case where fear is just overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. those emotions. Yeah. Tina. I think, and too, as, as we know more about God, as we grow closer to Him, walk with the Spirit, it gives us the strength and the perspective to not be prey just to our feelings, to, to not just live life reacting, but to, to, right. to recognize it and, and deal with it, but it does not take the feelings away. And I think that we can get the idea that we can be sanctified out of yes. being emotional. Yeah. And you know, especially for those of us that are brought up in you know, very solid churches, that you can get sanctified out of feeling things. As we talked about yeah. with Paul and Silas, it wasn't that they were in prison having been beaten, and just they were so sanctified that it didn't hurt and they weren't scared. Right. But rather that they were, it did hurt and they were scared, but there was a knowledge and a joy of the Lord beyond that. Right. And and we we can get, I don't know, I, I think like this back, yeah. we, we, can, we can try to think about it so Actually. That, that's why the Psalms are so helpful. Because you read the Psalms and David is feeling things that, yeah, it's, it's not as if he's grown past those feelings. They're still there. And so part of, our, part of our growth in Christ is learning how to deal with those things that we feel. So let's talk about how to deal with them now. With wrong emotions. Okay. Um, and throughout the Psalms, again, you can find the ways that David dealt with these things that he felt. And I think if you go through them all, you'll find that he dealt with them all the same way. So let me give you one example in Psalm 13. Psalm 13. By the way, an example of um, what Tammy was saying is Jesus when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. And he said that he was, he felt sorrow near unto death. I've never felt sorrow like that before. I never have. I've never felt so, um, so much sadness that I felt like I was going to die. I've never felt that. And um, hopefully I never will. But um, Jesus did in the garden. He was overwhelmed by that, and yet he was perfect. So those feelings that he had at that moment were not sinful because he never sinned, and he couldn't sin. But they were real feelings that he had, and he dealt with them. And um, let's, let's look at, at David here in Psalm 13. He says, How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord, forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall mine enemy be exalted over me? And so here is David. And the first thing that we see that he did with his emotions and dealing with them is he confessed them to God. He openly shared them with God. And some of the things that he's saying here, you'd say, David, you shouldn't say that. You say, David, that's not a very 
believing, trusting attitude to have, you're asking God, how long will you forget me? Do you think God's really forgotten you? And David would say, no, he's not forgotten me, but that's how I feel. And so he's expressing his feelings to God. And um, understand that the reasoning why he's doing that. First of all, does God know what we feel? Yeah, of course he does. So if we go to him in prayer and try to pretend like we don't feel that way, are we fooling him? No. What we're doing is we're being false with God. Okay. Now, I'm not saying that we should always just, you know, let our emotions just, right? I mean, Proverbs, the book of Proverbs tells us not to do that. It tells us that we ought to hold our tongue and be careful about what we say and things like this. But in our heart of hearts, when we're crying out to God, he knows how we feel anyway. And so you confess that to God. And David would say, he'd be the first to say, Lord, I shouldn't feel this way, but this is how I feel. Knowing that because David felt this way, God wasn't going to abandon him for feeling that way. He knew, he knew that God understood. And so he confesses those feelings to God. He, he opens up freely before God. And um, I think sometimes as Christians we're, we're afraid to express what we really feel to God for fear that if he really knew, he wouldn't love us anymore. And that, that's crazy way of thinking because he knew all that before he ever sent Christ to die for us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And so expressing the way that we feel to God is not going to surprise God at all. He knows already. Yeah? Wasn't David's uh, anguish based on real evidence, though? It wasn't, it wasn't something that he just fabricated up in his head. He, yeah. Kind of fear and faith are both based on evidence. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, David, this, this, there were reasons why he felt that way. Yeah. Absolutely. And David had all kinds of reasons throughout his life for feeling that way. You know, whether it's the oppression of his enemies, whether it's the fact that his own son turned on him. Um, I mean, he's got all kinds of reasons for feeling that way. And so it's, it's, there, it's, it's, it's not baseless feelings. But he understands, and we're going to see in this psalm, that God hasn't forgotten him. He knows that though he feels like he has. And so he's expressing that feeling to God. Yes? Before he, Jesus died, did he know or understand, and I don't know if this is, that um, uh, he was going to become the Savior and that people would be saved through him? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Okay. And, and so he understood all that. He understood what giving his life was going to do. Well, because with Jesus, what you have is you have God in human flesh. And so as God, he understood everything. He knows everything. Mm -hmm. He could read people's hearts. He he knew everything that was happening. But as man, he still felt a certain way. As a a real human being, which he was, we don't want to diminish the fact that he was a real human being and that he was real God at the same time. And so he, he felt certain things as a real human being, and yet as God, he knew, um, the Bible says that in Hebrews, that uh, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. Because he knew what, was, what the cross was going to accomplish. That's why he was trying, oh, he was, but he was trying to prepare everybody. Every, everything he did, he had that forethought in mind. Absolutely. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
So first thing, when you're trying to deal with wrong emotions, confess them to God. Don't be afraid to do that. Second thing, David now seeks help from God. Verses 3 and 4. He says, Consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Lighten my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest mine enemies say I have prevailed against him, and those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. Here David cries out to God for help. He says, Lord, here's how I feel. Help me with it. Help me not to feel that way. Lighten mine eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Help me to help me to deal with these overreacting emotions here that I'm feeling. Uh, I think David understands he does not have the power on his own, um, just within his own resources, to be able to deal with this. He knows it's as with any of our sanctification, our growth in Christ, it's got to be a divine thing that God is working in us. Because we don't have the ability on our own to do these things. And he acknowledges that. And so, he seeks help from God. Don't be afraid to do that. Pray to God. Cry out to help. Sometime, look at Psalm 119 and see how many times David says, quicken me. And quicken me, that's an old English word for revive me. Give me life. And... um, Get me out of this. <laughs> yeah, it means to stir up something within my heart, give me that, that spiritual life there, revive my, me spiritually so I can deal with these things. And then the third thing, he confesses them to God, he seeks help from God, and then he fights those emotions with faith, those wrong emotions. Look at verses four, 5 and 6. But I have trusted in thy mercy my heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. So wait a second, David, in verses 1 and 2, you're crying out and thinking that God's forgotten you and you're feeling that way. And in verse 6, he says, I'm going to sing to the Lord. What he's doing is this. He, he, he knows the way that he feels and he knows the way that he is feeling is wrong. Those emotions that he's feeling are wrong. And so what he's going to do is he's going to fight them with faith. He's going to remind himself of what is true. He's going to, his emotions are reacting and overreacting, and he starts here in the mind. I'm going to think rightly about God, which is going to affect what I desire, so that my desires will be for God, which will affect what I choose to do. And as I change my mind, and as these things are working out, hopefully my emotions will react to that. And so, he's fighting those with faith. So much of the Christian's walk in this world is that. You wake up in the morning, I don't feel like reading my Bible. So what do you do? I just don't read my Bible, I guess I don't feel like it. It would be false of me to read my Bible when I don't feel like it. Is that what we do? I hope not, right? Because what we do is we say, okay, even though I feel that way, I'm tired, whatever, I'm going to read my Bible because I know it's right to do. And I'm going to act on what I know is right. And my emotions will come around. Because my emotions don't lead me, they follow. Okay. Somebody said, one writer said this, he said, we should listen to our feelings but never follow them. 
Don't follow. Our, our, our feelings, our emotions can be good indicators of things that are going on in our heart. Okay. Sometimes they can just be way off. But sometimes they can indicate certain things. And so, yeah, I mean, don't, don't just write them off completely, but don't follow them. Don't follow them because so often they will lead you wrong. Because our salvation is not based on how we feel. It is based on what we know and believe. And the feelings, the emotions react to that. And so you can do that with everything. You know, prayer. You don't feel like praying. You know what I tell people to do when they don't feel like praying? Tell God about it. Because when you tell God about it, you're praying, right? And tell them. Go to prayer about that. You know, ask God for help about that. Um, so many of them. I, I remember, you know, as new parents having a baby and that sensation of hearing the cry in the middle of the night. And um, most of the time Tammy got up. Every once in a while I would. And um, that feeling of, I don't want to do this. You know, there's, at that moment, two in the morning, there's really not any emotion in your heart that really wants to get up and do that. As much as you love your baby, right, you do, but the emotion is, I'm tired, I want to go to sleep. But you do it anyway, because you know that it's right, and you know that there's a problem with the baby, and something needs to happen here, it needs to be fed, it needs to be changed, whatever. And you've got to do it. And so you do it. We live in a society where, because, I think because of psychology, we are, as a society, so emotionally in tune. We're so quick to, to know how we feel and be concerned with how we feel. And... And I think that's my guess, that's my theory, that psychology has done that because that's only been the last 100, 150 years. And um, it's really emphasized the way that we feel. And so as a society, we're very much in tune to how we feel. And we do things then based on how we feel. And you look back, you know, 200 years ago, you look back to our forebears, our, the pioneers, and if they ever did things based on how they feel, they never would have left the East Coast. You know, the farmer, if he does things based on how he feels, crops are going to die, the cows are going to die, you know, nothing's going to get done. And when we raise a, a, a generation training people to do react to how you feel, it's, there's, there's no discipline. There's no, um, it, it just, it's, it's a, a very bad way to live. And as Christians especially, we can't react how we feel. We need to react to what we know in the Word of God. Yes? Isn't there a great similarity? You covered Psalm 77 last week. Yeah. This comparison contrast, the first half of that psalm like this, is so full of yes. turmoil and anguish and distress, yeah. but yet the last part, he finds his way. Yes. The antidote to the poison is calling on God. Yes. It, it, you know, 
That's, we go through that. There's a lot of noise and there's a lot of distraction in the world, and, and yeah. stuff gets us walking sideways if we're not careful. And there's still only the same solution, and that's turning to Him. We really haven't even covered it. How much of how much does the adversary have in the first part of these anguished parts yeah. of the psalm? He's yeah. having a field day. Yeah, we didn't even touch on on. How do, how do how does Satan, our adversary, and his demons, how do they come into play with our emotions too? That's a whole other topic. That's a good. Do I'm sure they do. How they do and all that. That's that's another topic. But yeah, that's definitely definitely involved there too. Yeah. Um, this week I heard People called in and they were talking about their situation, maybe it was a few weeks ago, um, and they were talking about how they bought, they financially bid and bought this house on faith, and he said, and you know, and she kept repeating it, and he said, what do you mean? He goes, that was foolish, and that's an insult, because you didn't buy that on faith. You know, that's, a, you know, he separated the two. Mm-hmm. He said, you didn't do that, um, you know, it wasn't logical. And stuff like that, what you did, you know, and taking the leap of faith, it wasn't logical what you did, you know, and he goes, and I'm a Christian, and I don't want you to say that you, you know, because people... Well, they they may have been, they may have done it more on emotion. Yeah. That may be what he was getting at. Yeah, yeah. well, that's what I mean. Instead, yeah, instead of on what we know is true. Yeah, but so he, in other words, he kind of took the God out of it. And, and everything yeah. and said, you know. So so much of it, so much of our Christian walk is doing what we know is true. That's why uh, when Paul is dealing with our sanctification in Romans six, he says, "Reckon yourselves to be dead to sin and alive unto God." He says, "Consider this to be true about yourself, because it is, whether you feel it or not. Your emotions will follow what you know is true." And um, let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this time we've had this morning, Lord, and I, I pray that um, it's been helpful, Lord, and as we consider our, our walk in this world, Lord, help us to remember that part of that, part of our growing in Christ is learning how to deal with the emotions that we have, and I pray, Lord, that we would deal with them properly, Lord, according to your word, and we ask these things now in Jesus' name, amen.